Well, good morning. You know, it's, it's neat for me to be able to not be up here in the musical portion because I'm reminded uh, just how talented and uh, how, many, how many hearts of worship there are up on the stage week in and week out. Would you give the worship team uh, just an appreciation this morning? <clears throat> Proud of them. Well, I get to uh, continue our Advent series called The Story. And today we are talking about love. And so we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. I want to ask you to turn in your scriptures to Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. We're going to read through verse 38. And we're going to be talking about love. And I'm going to give you three things that love does. And I think it's going to be important for us this morning. So let's read this. Verse 26, Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. So today we're going to see through the story of Mary and Joseph what love does. And the first thing we're going to talk about is love conquers. Love conquers. It conquers fear and it conquers circumstances. And Mary's love and devotion to God overcame her fears and her circumstances. And let's be honest, she was up against a lot. She she really was. If you think about it, there was going to be public disgrace. Remember, she's engaged to be married, but not yet married. and, And here she's going to be pregnant. So there's going to be public disgrace. There's a very good chance that her family would have disowned her, put her out. And legally, she could have been killed. There was lawful death that could have been involved from the situation that she finds herself in. So don't you think that she probably had some healthy fear in that moment? I know I do. No easy decision for her. And when she decided to obey God, it was going to require a lot of personal sacrifice. It's going to cost her her reputation and respect from the community that she is living in. So I want to be clear this morning. I think it's important for all of us to to be honest that fear is real. Now we should have a healthy fear of God, but I think often our fear of God is overshadowed by fear of man. And in fact, I would say that too many times we're worried about what others will think or say about us over what God thinks or says about us. So the question is, are we going to allow the love of God to overcome fear because the love of God is powerful enough to do so? Now, there's an old saying that love makes you do crazy things, 
And um, I was thinking about that this week. Like, I love that, that Justin makes the schedule for teaching. And so I had nothing to do with the fact that I'm teaching this Sunday. But it's on love. And so I got to think about love a lot this week because on Friday, I celebrated my 16th anniversary with my wife, Kara. Yes, that applause is all for you because uh, she's put up with a whole lot, as I'm sure you can imagine, for 16 years. So I got to thinking about all the crazy things that love has made me do. And I need to tell you up front, this story I'm going to tell you, I did the wrong thing. Okay? I made a mistake. I did the wrong thing. I am not telling you to do what I did. Okay? We all clear on that? My wife told me how to make sure and say that to tell this story. So uh, I did not and I do not have any idea what kind of fear Mary was facing because I've never been in that situation where I might be publicly disgraced, disowned, and maybe even killed. So I had to think about when is a time that I've had fear of man in my life. And so it made me think of the way that Kara and I fell in love. Back in 2003, we began to date, we began to fall in love. And so when you start to uh, when you start to date, you're just trying to impress the other one, right? I mean, you guys have all been there before. So love makes you do some crazy things. As we start to fall in love, I remember very specifically one year I bought a journal that had 103 pages in it. And I don't know this because it was numbered. I had to actually count them because I was going to write 103 reasons why Aaron loves Kara. And I did. And I'm just here to tell you, if you've never tried to write 103 reasons, I don't care what it is. That's hard, okay? That's hard. I'm, and I came up with 103 reasons why I love her, and there's more now for sure. But I did that. It was crazy. I never come up with that before. And so I gave that to her, and that scored all kinds of points, and it helped our relationship move forward. And so as we grew, it came to a point in time where I was going to have to sit down and talk with her dad. Enter our theme, Fear of Man. I have, I have fear of man, and this man's name is Gary, okay? I have fear of that. See, we grew up in different worlds, Gary and I. I grew up in the suburbs of Dallas, and um, man, I love, I love hanging out. Had everything right at my fingertips. Could, could get to grocery stores, fast food restaurants, whatever we wanted. It was all right there. Gary grew up in northwest Oklahoma, still lives there today. Town of 500 people. He's a farmer, and he's known hard work from day one okay great guy he knows all the mechanical stuff all right he knows about cars he knows about engines he knows all kinds of stuff I don't know anything about any of that and one of the most intimidating things that still happens to this day is when Gary comes to my house two things are going to happen he's going to walk out look at my tires on my cars <laughs> tell me that they're not at the right uh, pressure for sure they're going bald whatever it might be he's going to check my oil he's going to make sure that everything's good that's just who Gary is he cares about it but it stresses me out because I don't know anything about it okay I don't know anything about it so 2003 we are I'm, I'm ready to ask Kara to marry me and so I know the last step is I've got to go sit down and talk with Gary about this and ask for his permission to do that and I have great fear of this man and so I'm sitting there, and I'll tell you, I came up with a great speech. I mean, it was awesome. It was, it was really good, and I am nailing it, sitting across, and he is just sitting there. No response. That starts to stress me out. I'm sweating. It's, it's rough, okay? He's not giving me anything. So I get to the moment, and I say, Gary, I'd like to have your permission to marry Kara. And I'm not joking. This is what he says. 
pregnant pause. Way too pregnant pause. I think that'd be all right. Hey, uh, have you ever seen the engine of a John Deere 8200? <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, uh, I'm trying to marry your daughter, and you're talking about something, some, some engine. And so I have fear of man, and in that moment, I did the wrong thing. I looked at Gary, and I said, yes, I have. And I'm telling you right now, I've not seen the engine of a John Deere 8200 ever in my life. I'm not seeing one today. I don't know if I can tell the difference between a John Deere tractor and a tractor trailer if it were to pull out up in the, in the parking lot right now. I did the wrong thing. So I'm not saying that, Kara's, uh, that my love for Kara made me lie, but my fear of man, I chose the wrong path. So I told you, don't do what I did. Do what Mary did. Do what Mary did when she was faced with fear of man. She trusted God and she realized that he loved her and his plan was greater than anything that she could understand you see love and specifically love for God made both Mary and Joseph do some crazy things in the eyes of the world that they lived in they disregarded the fear of man so let's think specifically about Mary in order for her to step into this plan that God had she had to know that God loved her and she had to love God deeply enough to subject herself to scrutiny that would come from being pregnant with Jesus and her temporal suffering is going to bring about an eternal reward and that is a role that she chose to play because of love now I love this encounter that we just read when Gabriel comes to her and he tells her that she is favored and to not be afraid which is kind of crazy to think about if you think uh, like I don't know kind of what your picture of an angel is if it's the white robe and the gold belt and the oh you know like glowing all that kind of time or if it's just kind of more of a normal looking person regardless of whether you think it's the oh or the or the normal looking guy guy shows up in the same room with Mary she's scared just by that right fear overcomes her right there but Gabriel's words to her remind her that God loves her and he has a plan that God not only saw her but that he intended to utilize her in an eternal way. And get this, she accepts because her love for God brought more conviction to say yes than fear to say no. Can we say that about ourselves this morning? Mary had a love for God that exceeded her love for man, and she had a fear of God that exceeded her fear of man. See, that love conquered her fear, and she stepped into God's plan, even though earthly scrutiny was on the way. But she was not alone. Not only was God with her, but her covenant partner in life would be there as well. So let's take a look at how Joseph responds to the news. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, we're going to read through 25. This is what it says. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. 
See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which translated is God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's angel commanded him, and he married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Now, Joseph's first response is pretty natural, don't you think? It's still a loving response, but it's pretty natural. Imagine if you're engaged and your fiancé comes to you and says, Hey, guess what? I'm pregnant, and it's by the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a hard pill for Joseph to swallow. That's a tough place for him to be. But he shows his character in how he responds to her. He does it with love, and he decides that instead of shaming her or raging like some of us might do, he's going to do this secretly. And uh, so that shows his character all by itself. But then the angel appears to him in the dream. And I love this. He leads. The angel leads with this. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So the fear that Joseph has, the worry that he has, the circumstances that he's thinking about, the angel addresses it directly. Goes right at it. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And he has a moment of decision when he wakes up from that dream, what will he do? Is he going to follow God's plan or is he going to run from it in fear? But godly love overcomes fear. So the passage tells us there in verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel had commanded him. So fear is real. We deal with that. But love overcomes and conquers fear and circumstances. Mary and Joseph, they're faced with that fear immediately. And God's love for them and their love for God conquers that fear so not only does love conquer the second thing we're going to talk about this morning is that love compels love compels it compels our thoughts and our mindset and our perspective it compels our action ultimately it compels us to obedience so continuing on joseph joseph's love for his god for for god compelled his obedience so think about him. This angel appears to Joseph and, and wakes him up, and now he's going to do what God commanded him to do. And again, if anyone has reason to speculate or to have scrutiny, a feeling of deceit, it is Joseph. And don't you know that as soon as Joseph woke up and he decided he was going to do what God had told him to, don't you know the enemy went to work on him, saying, man, are you sure about that? You sure? I don't know about that. She's lying, man. She's lying. She's not telling you the truth. We saw that in the garden with Eve. And I, I would be willing to bet that each one of you, when having been directed by God, you know that the enemy goes to work on us. And he begins to try and place doubt inside of us. But we have to do what Joseph does in this moment. And we got to remember whose we are. So Gabriel addresses Joseph and he says this he says Joseph son of David so he called him by his name gave him a chance for Joseph to remember that he was God's and he reminded him that he was a son of David and why is that important well this not only affirmed Joseph of God's divine plan but it would have given assurance to him of fulfilled prophecy just like the passage said the Messiah was going to come through the line of David and so Joseph starts to realize that something much larger is at play here. 
So while Joseph was not the birth father and his blood was not within Jesus because he had been immaculately conceived by the Holy Spirit, Joseph was a descendant of King David. And he would be the foster father to Jesus. And thus, in Judaism, just like in many cultures in our world today, lawfully, Jesus found his place in that society through the heritage of the father. And the angel reminds him that he's of the line of David. Powerful stuff. Overcoming fear. And compelling Joseph to obey. So Mary had a practical role in this divine plan, and so did Joseph. And the role that they chose to play was compelled by love for God. So love conquers, it conquers fear and circumstances, and it compels our thoughts and our perspective, and ultimately it compels us to obey the commands of God. And I want to make an important side note here today, something else that love does. It builds community. Joseph and Mary's love for one another together compelled them to usher in the Savior of the world. That was God's divine plan they have to realize that they're not alone. And for us this morning, I think it's really important to recognize they were in covenant together. And as the church of God, we are in covenant together. See, Mary and Joseph had each other's back in the midst of difficult circumstances. And the plan that God has for us in this church and in our community is that we are supposed to have each other's back too. This is how the church is supposed to operate. It means that we're living in covenant together under God. It means that we're led by him, that we are pushing back against the pressure of culture, that we're sharpening one another and encouraging one another to press on when things get difficult. So as a church, we've got to love each other enough to be honest, to lovingly correct each other by his word. That's how we correct each other. To hold each other accountable. That's the way that we grow. So this is how the church is supposed to operate with the love of God. And we're not intended to do life alone. So I just want to make that little side note here this morning that love builds community. So if you feel alone today, I want you to know this is a place where you're not going to feel alone any longer. So love conquers, love compels. Let's read on and see what else we learn here. Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 1, we're going to read through verse 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. So love conquers, love compels, and third, maybe most importantly, love saves. It saves us from sin and death, and it saves us to abundant life, an eternal life. God's love for the world compelled him to send Jesus. That's powerful. It's powerful for us to remember the whole reason we're celebrating Christmas is because of love. God loved us so much that he needed to make a way for all of us who are made in his image to be made righteous because we have a sin problem, right? That way was Jesus Christ. John 3, 16, you know it well. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 
So love brought Jesus from heaven to earth to save us from our sin and our sure death. And more than that, it saves us to eternal life and life abundant. I think that's something that we miss. It's not just life insurance. It saves us to life and life abundant. So when I was young, I made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know it was the best decision that I've ever made. So today, as we think about what love does, I want you just to, to sit right there where you are today and think about the sacrifice that God the Father made. I have four children. I love them all deeply, and I have a really hard time imagining giving any of them up for anyone else. That's what God did for us. And you see, we see through the story of Joseph and Mary, their road was difficult, but now today, in this place, we are part of an entire earth celebration of the birth of Jesus. He's the rightful king, and in him we find freedom and experience godly love. And so that's what it's all about here today. As we, as we think about Christmas, we think about what it means, we think about, man, all the circumstances we're facing, the fears that we have. I would say that this has been a year where fear and circumstances have kind of gone ways that we wouldn't have wanted them to go, right? Love can conquer that. God's love can conquer that. So I want you to be encouraged today. So as the band begins to come back up, I want us to, to think about some points of, of response. The power of the Advent story is that despite all obstacles, love conquers and it compels and it saves. 1 John 4.10 says this, Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So today, I want to, I want to ask you just to close your eyes for a second and just, just think there yourself. Let's get honest with ourselves. When we think about Advent and love, I want to ask you, have you come to know this love that saves through a personal relationship with Jesus? I told you I came to know Jesus when I was a child. And it was the best decision I ever made. But that certainly did not mean that life has been easy since then. That's not what a saving relationship with Jesus means. There's going to be difficult circumstances as we saw today. But I want you to know today, if you are not in relationship with Jesus, I want you to know him. It's his love that's something that we can't even fathom or understand. And his love saves us. So if you don't know him, I would love to talk with you when the service is over. I know Lynn would talk to you. I know Brian would, any of our staff, we'd love to talk to you about that. Or maybe you're someone in this room today that would admit to living in fear. Is fear keeping you away from what God has called you to do? The good news for you today is that we saw clearly in, this, in these passages that God's love conquers fear. And that you can trust Him to walk you each step of the way in your life. So my question to you today is what fear do you need to lay down? What fear do you need to lay down today? And then finally, a third point of response this morning is the love of God compelling you to obey a specific instruction from the Lord. Maybe you've sat here this morning and realized that you're living in disobedience because you think obeying God will be too hard. I bet Mary and Joseph thought it would be hard too, but they chose to do it anyway. And this morning, you can choose to obey what God is calling you to do. So however you need to respond this morning, I want to ask you to do that. Do business with God. That's why we're here. That's why we've gathered. 
So we're going to pray and then we're going to sing and I want to ask you to respond to what God has said to you today. Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks today that you've been in this place, that you have taught us. I thank you for the picture of godly love that we've seen in these passages through the story of Mary and Joseph. God, when faced with impossible fear, impossible circumstances, God, the love that they had for you and the love that you had for them overcame the fear and the circumstances. And that same love compelled them to obey, to do what you called them to do, even though it was difficult. And God, ultimately, today we're here because you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to live on this earth and ultimately to go to the cross and to die for our sin. And God, through a relationship with him, through surrender to him, we can be saved. So this morning we, we say that. The name of Jesus is the only one that saves. So I pray for everyone in this room, myself included, help us to respond to what you've said to us today. I pray that you would grow our love for you. God, grow our love for each other. May this be a place that is known for the love of God. Well, we worship you this morning. We respond now in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?